Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks like delicious chocolate frogs. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, you feeling magical today? Very magical. Very magical today. Good. I would I I would hope that you would feel magical today. Because today we are talking about the second installment of the Fantastic Beasts franchise, the tenth installment of the Wizarding World, I suppose. Cinematic, the Wizarding World Cinematic Universe. We are talking about Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald this week. Uh, for those of you not familiar with this particular film, um, it's the as we said, it's the second installment of the Fantastic Beasts series. Um, we're following Newt uh, Scarmander uh, and his friends, his cohorts, his 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 allies, his enemies. Um, in the last film. It ended with Colin Farrell, spoiler alert, I guess, for the first Fantastic Beast film. It ended with Colin Farrell turning into Johnny Depp and being revealed as Gellert Grindelwald, who's a dark wizard, a famous dark wizard in, in Harry Potter mythology. And he wants to basically do some Nazi shit. He wants to raise pure, pure-blooded wizards to essentially rule over the earth and not hide from muggles or nomadges or whatever you want to call them. And so young, in this movie, young, hot, attractive Jude Law Dumbledore kind of uh, uh, ropes in Scarmander to help him out essentially with foiling Grindelwald's plans. Uh, Scarmander agrees to help for other reasons, but he doesn't know... I mean, he doesn't know how dangerous these people actually are. And so it, it, amongst all of that, there are numerous subplots of love and relationships and loyalty being tested and and friends and family going to war with one another. And lest we forget, you know, fantastic beasts actually pop in and out there. Um, so... David, I don't remember really quickly before we get into this edition of the franchise. Were you a, you're not that big of a Harry Potter guy, are you? I I wouldn't call myself that big of a Harry Potter guy. I now full disclosure, I didn't see any of the Harry Potter movies in theaters. Right. I remember that's most, what most, I remember. Mostly because we got partway through them and I didn't want to like jump in midway. Sure. So I waited till they were all out and then I binged them. Just binged them. Before binging was a thing. Yeah. So, and I really enjoyed them all. I said to myself, I wish I would have been able to see these in theaters because obviously they are definitely the types of movies that are probably more, well, not probably, are more enjoyable in theaters. So definitely. I was bummed I missed out on that. Uh, I never read the books. I have never purchased anything Harry Potter, so I wouldn't call myself a Harry Potter nerd. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy the the world that they've created for it. I enjoy going to the Universal area, so yeah. you know there's there's definitely some things that I enjoy. Absolutely, I'm the. I mean, I'm sort of the same in that I I never grew up reading. I never read the books, so I apologize ahead of time that I never read the books. Um, but I did see a lot of the movies in theaters. I actually revisited them when when we finally roped my mom into watching all of these, and we binged them all as well. 
Um, and then this new film came out, Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them. Sure, I'm in. I'm not the biggest Eddie Redmayne fan. I think it's documented. Maybe not on this podcast yet. Uh, but uh, sure, I'm in. Whatever. Um, and so this is the continuing franchise. It was announced that J.K. Rowling would be spearheading this new series of films and that it was going to be a, the Fantastic Beasts was going to be sort of the, the subtitle of it, if you will, or actually the main title. So instead of Harry Potter and the, it would be Fantastic Beasts, colon, whatever. Um, first one was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and this one is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. So let's talk, let's, let's just get right into it, because I have a lot to unpack about this movie um, in terms of everything that's going on in it so right off the bat david how would you describe your initial thoughts on this edition of the franchise just without any prompting whatsoever just like you know quick quick hit what'd you think well i think for me it was a lot um i mean it's two plus hours where yep. i think we're it's like 215, 215 mm -hmm. something like that and let me tell you, it was a overwhelming 215. <laughs> There's so many characters that you're introduced that we didn't have in the first movie. Right. Um, if you think about the first movie, I feel like it's not a small cast, but... Um, no, but there's a solid, like... Group. Four or five main characters. Yeah. There's there's Eddie Redmayne. There's Dan Fogel. Fogel? Fogler? Fogler? God, I keep forgetting yep. his name. Um, but he's you got it. He's uh, he's in it. He's the he's the muggle of the group, if you will. You have um, uh, Catherine Watterson is in it. You have uh, Allison Sudol who's in it. Ezra Miller and then Colin Farrell yep. was sort of that was like the big six yep. essentially. So it wasn't a big cast, but it was substantial. Yeah, and and right away in very short order. I mean, we're Obviously, Johnny Depp kind of is what Colin Farrell was in the last because we find out, right. obviously, that's who it was yep. all along. So it's not like we're adding an additional villain. It's just a different person playing that. Right. Um, but we also have Jude Law as Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of extra characters. We get Zoe Kravitz. We get... Um, I mean, Claudia Callum Kim. Turner, who's Theseus, uh, Newt's brother. Um, and we get a lot of different people people in this movie, and it's not like they're just little people that we see in a couple scenes. Like most of them are prevalent throughout the whole film. Sure, or they do what appear to be very important things. Yes, and uh, so right off the bat, I'm just gonna say I have conflicting emotions about this film. Okay, I walked out of this film very frustrated, and right. I think that's a good word to describe it. So I didn't hate this movie. There are a lot of good things to like about this movie, which we'll talk about. But like you said, one of the most frustrating things about this movie is that there are so many characters and they don't even do you the courtesy of introducing them and saying, hi, you know, this person. Like there are some characters who gun to my head. I still couldn't tell you who they are, like their names and whatever. Um, and, and that frustrated me because... It basically turns the entire first half of the movie into a game of catch-up. Who are these people? Why should we care about them? What is their goal? 
You know, there there are several things from the original, uh, for the, from the first film. I don't want to call it the original, sure. but from the first film, that I don't know if you remember are completely rewritten. Uh, for example, Ezra Miller's character. Spoiler alert, he blew up in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, there was a little bit that floated away. Sure, fine. But they like dis- they describe it away in two sentences here. Uh, or J- you take Jacob, for example, who had his mind erased at the end of the first film. Clearly, he's back for further adventures. Yep. And granted, the end of that first film kind of gave it a cute little nod to like, oh, his memory's back. But they really just are like two sentences, and it's like, okay, everybody's back. The status quo is established. Sure, you're only supposed to forget things that were negative. I guess. Um, <laughs> but I think the the thing about it is it's okay in movies, especially sequels and things like that, to have characters that you don't have the background on sure. introduced and becoming a big part of it initially – and I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is how many of those that we have. Like it'd be, so it'd be, many. it'd be one thing if you did that with one character. Sure. Um, but you're given like five or six that you have to catch up on. Um, in addition to learning, I mean, we had the bomb dropped on us about not bomb. I mean, a lot of people probably saw it coming a little bit, but Colin Farrell turning into Grindelwald, right? Um, Which a lot of people would have rather kept Colin Farrell in the role. Sure. But we had to figure out. What's going on with him? Some of his background, because sure. we didn't know that's who. I mean, we in the movie you don't know that's who he is. Exactly. All of the first one, so we have to be introduced to his backstory, but then we have to be introduced to about four or five other characters' backstories. So it's just a lot. Um, and while two hours and fifteen minutes is a lot of time, you got to have some action and some things that make people enjoy the movie. So it just feels very rushed. Um, And like you said, it looks great. There's some, there's some fun action and those types of things that we've grown to expect from Harry Potter movies um, or this world of movies, fantastic beast movies. Um, But it's hard to really care about a lot of the characters and things that they're trying to make emotional scenes in this movie it's hard to feel any kind of connection to them because they haven't built up that equity why, with yeah, you. Why do I care? Like you have, and and not only are there a ton of characters, but there are a ton of interpersonal relationships that you just have to keep track of. There's Queenie and Jacob. There's Tina and Newt. There's Newt and Lita. There's Theseus and Lita. There's Nagani and 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 God, what's his name? Credence. There's Grindelwald and Dumbledore. And I'm just like, what is, you know, then there's people who, again, I couldn't name like Yusuf. I didn't know that's I'm, I know that's his name because I'm, we have the Wikipedia page in front mm-hmm. of us. I couldn't tell you what his name was. I couldn't tell you who he was, what his motivations were um, until the very end of the film. And that's fine. Like, I feel like maybe this film will come off better when you look at it as a piece of a whole. Sure. But as its own movie, I think it really doesn't hold up in terms of the plotting. I yeah. think that's my big my one of my without going too far into spoilers, which we will talk about in a little bit. Um, so what what do you think worked well? I mean, we've we've beaten up <laughs> on this mo- everything else. <laughs> we beat up on this movie a little bit, but what were some of the things that you liked in this movie? Uh, that's a good question. I, I mean, and honestly, everything else is kind of an appropriate answer. Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous film. 
Um, I, I do have a little bit of a negative in that it feels like these films are becoming more and more sepia toned in that there is color. Like there's a whole circus sequence. Mm -hmm. There's a whole underwater sequence where there is clearly color there. It all just feels a little faded, sure. you know, and maybe that's I mean, that's clearly a stylistic choice for the setting of 1927, but it's a gorgeous looking film. It's really well acted. Like everyone in here is doing really good work. Um, the special effects are really good. Uh, the Fantastic Beasts, even though they are not central, which is, again, I have a whole other issue, that clearly this film series called Fantastic Beasts is not about the Fantastic Beasts. Correct. They are very literally a subplot at best. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, like I was really entertained by some of them. Uh, and the music is phenomenal. I, I really like the music, particularly at the end. Uh, and... To be honest, the magic and the, the even though I am very frustrated trying to think about the physics of the way magic works, mm -hmm. which we get into, we make this thing really long if you wanted me to get into that. <laughs> it is still cool to see adult professional wizards magicing, magic fighting with each other. Yeah. You know, because in the first Harry Potter films, it was all just kids and they're all trying, they're all, they're all learning. They don't know. And it wasn't until I think the order of the Phoenix, when you actually saw some real heavy duty Dumbledore on, on, um, God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He who will not be named Voldemort. Voldemort. Thank you. Uh, Dumbledore on Voldemort. I was trying like, not to name him. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was this. That was a rarity right there. <laughs> but like them fighting like real full on master wizards against each other. It's still pretty gnarly to watch. It's still cool to see the full blown use of magic being used in battle. I, I, I like that kind of stuff. What about you? What did what did you you know? Did, are, are, what did you think? What are the things that you liked about it? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it really has to do with just the overall look of the film. And I enjoyed, I always enjoy the Beast. That's why I wish a movie called Fantastic Beasts had more of the Beasts. Sure, um, really focused on I, them more. Yeah. But I think it brings something different to this. I mean, we've had, this is the 10th movie in this world at this point. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. It's not that. I don't enjoy the magic, but like the beasts bring something different to it. So I'd like to have more beasts. So uh, I really enjoyed them. I think they each had their own little quirky personality. We got some of the ones from the previous film. Mm -hmm. We got a, a new one introduced. So I thought uh, it was a good kind of mix of those. But um, we do have some casting what ifs in this. I'm and, interested and, in and, these. Yeah. And really, it's mostly centered around. Um, two characters. Obviously, you already alluded to one, which we can talk about briefly here, but uh, a lot of people pushed for keeping Colin Farrell. And granted, a lot of people, their issue was not necessarily that Johnny Depp is a bad actor. A lot of them had the push of His Colin Farrell's perfectly fine. And he we had a good person, and he doesn't have... The social baggage, if you will. Yes. Yeah. I don't... Honestly, man, I don't give... I, it's, I mean, for me, I don't give a shit about social baggage. I really don't until it, like, hits me home. I think... I think ever... You know, whatever. I don't care about that. Although... I mean, you know, you know me. We're Colin Farrell's a good friend of the podcast. We, yeah. We're we're big, big fans of good movie buddy Colin Farrell here. So he could have been great. He was great in the first one. Yeah. Here's my thing with it. I feel like they needed someone different. If they had someone else other than Johnny Depp, then I probably would have been okay with it too. But 
I feel like it would have been a different ending to the first movie. Sure. Um, if it's still him, you would have had to go the route of like heavy makeup. I mean, which they obviously did with Johnny Depp, but sure. to make it look different enough that it was someone disguised right. as someone else. Or they cast Johnny Depp as Percival Graves and then have him turn into, Con- I don't have any, I think, you know, that could be interesting or cast somebody else as Percival Graves and have him turn into Colin Farrell, whatever. Sure. Johnny Depp does a good job in this movie. He's very charismatic. He's very, um, uh, you know, I mean, when I, he's very Hitler-esque in that, he has plans where he's a silver-tongued devil. He's willing to pull prey on people's weaknesses and desires. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I don't hate these people. Like, they're just different than us, you know? That's some straight-up, you know, ethnic cleansing type stuff. And I sure. think he does a good job of it. Plus, he just looks creepy. Yeah. Um, but he's very under—I think he's more understated than usual, which I, I don't mind understated Johnny Depp. So the other role that was— um up in the air as far as who would play that role was that of Dumbledore. Um, okay. If, if you remember in the Harry Potter films, we already had a young Dumbledore. Uh, he was actually played by Michael Gabin. Gabin. Well, Michael Gabin. Or Michael Gabin was the. Uh, but we had. He I feel replaced. Like, I feel like we had someone already in the previous. Um, there was flashbacks. There, there was, was flashbacks yeah. of a young Dumbledore. But they decided to go with someone other than that actor, and I can't remember who it was. I have to look it up. Um, But there was other actors considered other than Jude Law. We had Christian Bale. Interesting. Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Or Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. uh, Mark Strong. Jared Harris, um, who's the son of Richard Harris. Oh, that's right. Who played Dumbledore in the first two Harry Potter films. So those were some of the other names that were considered. Um, I don't have any issue with Dumbledore uh, or with Jude Law playing Dumbledore. I thought he did a good job in this film. I'm fine with Jude Law. I, I, I can't picture Christian Bale. No, he doesn't have the warmth. Yeah. Like something <laughs> there's something about Dumbledore that I think Jude Law does a really good job of capturing the warmth. Like he is a kind man. Like he is very warm and he is very much like Grindelwald in the sense that he is able to talk you into things. Yeah. Um, but he's always usually on the side of good. I like Mark Strong, but I couldn't go with Mark Strong either. No, I, I don't got, know if any of those. Jared Harris, no fucking way. I could see Benedict. I could see Benedict. He just Benedict doesn't look like someone who may could age into no, uh, into Michael, Michael Gabin Gabin or, or Richard Gabin. Harris. Yeah. So um, I think he <laughs> I think he could have pulled it off and and had that same personality. But I I think of the options that they considered. I think uh, Jude Law definitely is who I would have gone with. Yeah, but. Jude Law is fantastic in it. Like I said, you really got to you really got to get a Dumbledore who is very warm and inviting and very. Um, uh, mentor-ish, but also at the same time, like you can tell, like Dumbledore's got secrets. He's got hidden motivations. He's moving chess pieces. Sure. Um, and Jude Law does a really good job of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited, even though I did not care for the plotting of this movie one bit. Yeah. I am excited to see these actors grow into their characters more and sort of, it's not going to, 
I severely doubt, I would be shocked if the Fantastic Beasts ends like when Harry Potter begins. Yeah. I would be shocked. But but we're clearly going to be getting more yeah, you of got a, this. You got a lot of years to age Jude Law if exactly. you're going to get to well, there. In Harry Potter history, and again, I don't know if this is a spoiler because this is Harry Potter lore. You can go mm-hmm. on the website. You can find it. It's in the books. She wrote the whole history of this damn universe. Yep. Gellert Grindelwald and Dumbledore do wind up dueling. Mm-hmm. But it's not till I think the 40s or the 50s. That's 20 years away from this the, This movie is being set. Yeah. There's a lot of stories to be told between those sure. movies. Sure. Um, so let's give it. Let's talk about, you know, let's wrap this up with our popcorn ratings uh, before we get into spoilers. Because there's, I mean, there's a lot of deeper conversations you can have in regards to spoilers for this film. But for those of you who aren't familiar with our popcorn ratings, we always like to run through them quickly before we give them. We have five popcorn ratings. Instead of stars, it's all about popcorn. Burnt popcorn means avoid the film at all costs. Stale popcorn means, you know, whatever. We wouldn't pay money for it. Save it for a streaming service or whatever. Um, But it's not the best. Microwave popcorn is kind of your mileage may vary. It's hit or miss. It's fine. Some people might really like microwave popcorn. Some people look at it as a look at it as a big downgrade. Watch it in a theater or at home, whatever. Movie theater popcorn is our fourth one, and that's hey, this movie's pretty good. You should go see it in the theaters. And then last but certainly not least is perfect popcorn in. In, in the sense of go out and see this movie as soon as possible. Uh, David, what, what, how many popcorns are you going to give? I think it's a three for me. Um, I agree. And I, I think it's, it's one of those films that if you're into the Harry Potter series, again, this is going to have a greater effect on you. It's going to be a better experience seeing it for the first time in theaters. Um, it's just that type of movie. You know, you get to enjoy the cinematography and everything else a whole lot more than watching it on your small screen at home. Sure. So I think from that standpoint, I still suggest seeing it in theaters if you like this universe. If you don't really like this universe, honestly, I think you could wait and watch it on your small if you, screen. If you like, didn't like the first one, you probably won't like this one. No, I I would say I enjoyed the first one a little bit more than I did this one. I would as well. I think it makes at least, it's at least coherent at the sure. very least. Um, I'm going to give it three popcorns as well, uh, the, or the, some three popcorns, the microwave popcorn, if you will. Um, and again, this movie is really good looking. It's really well acted and it's well directed and it has good special effects and the score is great and the action is great. But I am so frustrated with this plot. The plot literally feels like this was a movie adapted from a book that you will only get the tiny little details and know who these people are if you read the book. But in reality, there is no book off of this movie. It just expects you to think, oh, oh, we're just assuming, oh, this character is important. And I think my biggest issue is that some of the characters are important. Mm -hmm. Some of the characters are established characters in the Harry Potter universe and others are not. So when I see a character who I don't know, I'm frustrated. Why don't I know this person? Sure. So yeah, so I'm gonna give it those three popcorns, uh, those that that microwave popcorn, and uh, and yeah, pretty much in terms of in terms of effect, everything but the plot and the story drives me crazy. 
Uh, before we get into spoilers, however, as always, we want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button. You can get this podcast delivered to you for free every week by hitting that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Give us a like. Give us a share. We want to spread the good word, grow the good movie buddy community. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. And then, of course, you can find all of our latest episodes, all of our reviews and articles on our website, Popcorn Diet Podcast. But let's talk about spoilers, David. Let's get into it a little bit because, um, I mean, gosh, we kind of already talked about Johnny Depp a little bit, but I did kind of want to go back to him because I, I really liked the directions that his character took. I liked and I believed that Grindelwald could um, kind of bring Queenie over to the dark side and prey on the fact that she is so driven by passion that she could be easily flipped. Uh, I don't think it was like a deal breaker for us, though. Like Johnny Depp being involved isn't I'm not there for it, but I'm also not there for it. Like I'm like, OK, Johnny Depp getting that Harry Potter money. Good for him. Sure. That's that's where I stand on it. Yeah. Well, and I don't think, you know, you think of some of Johnny Depp's characters over the years. I don't think this was a like massive this is a fantastic role a memorable role this isn't a jack sparrow type of role right uh, but i do feel like he does a good job in the role that he has and you know i, I i'm not upset like nothing stood out for me i think he holds his own in the movie more than holds his own and and like you said i think he plays that hitler-esque type role <laughs> yeah. um uh, pretty well yeah yeah he does do a good job of that and he does play he he plays that i mean in in the age of fake news if you will he plays that person who is um bending the truth really really well um i mean again and this isn't so much spoilers but i think one of my biggest issues with the film is that i'm not a big Eddie Redmayne fan. Mm -hmm. And even though, and I wasn't a fan of his, I'm not a fan of his shtick, which is he seems to play every character as if they're on the spectrum. And I know, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. I, I just mean that literally, I think Newt is literally actually autistic. But I don't know. There's just something about his character in general that drives me crazy. And I think that having him as a main character versus Harry Potter as a main character is a huge drop off in terms of agency in the sense that Newt is just a pawn in a bigger game, whereas Harry Potter is taking action. It's actually about him. Sure. What do you think about that? Because these movies are not about Newt. Yeah. Well, this movie's not about Newt. And that's that's where I think the confusion and maybe some of the struggles of these first two films are is you don't necessarily know you know that this is one of a bunch of series but you don't know what the purpose of it is necessarily like right. in the harry potter films you knew it was all about harry potter and the you know the carrying on of his story obviously the eventual you know, battle between him and Voldemort um, or just that whole storyline that was in the background of pretty much all the films. Sure. And so you had very much the sense of what this was about. And now you get more of a, like you said, almost supporting character to the cast. Like you never get the sense that this is going to lead to Newt, Vors, Newt versus Grindelwald right. or something like that. 
Um, he very much is going to play a part, even though he says he clearly in the movie, he says he doesn't want to pick a side, right. although at the end he Until does the say end. he picked a side. Um, but I think the the difficult part is just what are you supposed to latch on to? Like, I feel like in a movie, there's usually a character that you latch on to, you're right. cheering for. Obviously, they set it up for good versus bad. So there's characters. But I think one of the reasons they had to bring back someone like Jacob, which maybe they had planned to all along, is that he's a character that you feel for, he's that you care for. Like, yeah. And he is someone that you cheer for, you laugh at, all those types of things. Like, I don't really have a ton of emotions when it comes to Newt. Like, he doesn't make me laugh really. Um, sometimes his beasts do, but sure. he doesn't. Um, so it's hard to really um, connect with them like you could Harry Potter. And it's not like I loved Harry Potter as a character. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I right. love Harry. But, like, at least he was something that, like, drove the film. Sure, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. Beyond beyond just, like, the, the characters themselves, because Newt is who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, you know. But, I, I mean, more than anything else, I wanted to talk about just how frustrated I was with the plot and the way, like, the movie opens with Grindelwald escaping from prison, right? Yeah. And he's apparently locked in a jail cell, but he's got his pet lizard with him. And then they're breaking him out, and it turns out Grindelwald wasn't Grindelwald. Grindelwald was some other guy who has a name whose name I can't remember, and Grindelwald was posing as that guy, positing thus, in fact, that Grindelwald was free the entire time. Now, I could see him just, like, making a big spectacle of this, but that was, like, if Grindelwald was pretending to be this guy the whole time, why do you need to break out of prison? Like, there's no... literally no need for it um and the same is true of the character of credence the character of credence is is a character who i mean i mean we can get all the way to the end about it as well although maybe we don't want to jump ahead maybe we talk about the end at the end but in the first film credence is a character who they they have a name of it he's he's uh an obscurus and an obscurus is a magical person who holds back their magical abilities. And when you do that, it corrupts it essentially and turns it into an obscurus, which is a, a powerful, uh, very dangerous type of creature. So at the end of the first film, Credence and his obscurus, they explode. Right. And you see in the background, Oh, you see a little of the dust floating away. Mm -hmm. Right. And so suddenly this movie, like, Newt gets pulled into a meeting and they're just like, Credence. And Newt's like, nah, Credence is dead. And oh no, he's alive. He survived. It's the only explanation they give. Yep. And then they're like, he's living in Paris. So he fully willingly went to live in Paris. But then we see him apparently enslaved with a circus. Yep. What? How? Are Is he enslaved? Is he there by free will? Nagini, who's the snake, is that is a person? Yeah, and is supposedly like I don't know if they're like in a relationship or they're just like kindred spirits because right they both have had a rough go of things and, and they're like now they the- live in this circus and they're trying to break out like but um, even then like now's the time we escape they're both so powerful like all she does is turn into a snake and attack the guy could they have not done that yesterday a long or time a ago? week ago like sure. you can always turn into a snake so it's shit like that that I was just like. Why are they here? Yeah. What What is the purpose of this? Yeah. And then you have the frustrating parts, too, with like Yusuf, who is the uh, French 
Senegal Sen- Sen- Senegalese uh, wizard. So he's the guy that meets Tina early in the film. Sure. And then he's she an, disappears. And he's then an he, or, I think. Yeah. Um, no, he's not an order. I don't think. But he's a he's basically like a he's like a private contractor. He's kind of like a hitman. I don't know that he's even. Oh, he's not hired by no, anybody. He's, he's not hired a, by anyways. Yeah, he's on right. a he's on a blood feud. But you see how fucking confused they. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is you go through two hours of the movie almost before you ever learn why he what he's even doing. So, like at first you dude. think it's at first you think it's the parasite causing him to like go after people. Right. But then the parasite gets removed. And then what he seems, was, and then he seems to be normal. And then all of a sudden, no, he's not normal. He's trying to kill Credence because he thinks Credence is the Lita's brother. Lita's, yeah, Lita's, Lita's brother, brother which is his <laughs> mother's abductor's <laughs> son. And so he's trying to kill the thing that was closest to that person. Let's lay this out. <laughs> Let's lay this out. Okay, so. Just for those, and and if you've seen the movie, then then you'll know what happens. But the fact that this happens, literally, Jacob shows up at the tomb. The tomb is where the big um, rally Reveal. with the bad wizards are going to be, right? Jacob shows up looking for Queenie, and then suddenly someone's holding a wand to his neck like a gun, and then you don't see Jacob again, right? Then everybody shows up at the tomb, and then Yusef goes through, they're like, what the hell, Yusef? And Yusef explains, my mother died because the elder Lestrange caused her death through childbirth, and I gave a blood oath to my father to kill the thing that the elder Lestrange loved the most. But it's not his daughter, Lita, it's his son, Corvus. And he thinks Credence is Corvus. That's all flashback. And that's that's because when Lita and... Cordless. Corvus. Corvus. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Lestrange, boy Lestrange. Right. Uh, were sent to America. There was a baby swap on said boat because that- the baby was crying too much. So we did a baby swap. Yeah. And that is new or is uh it's credence. credence and corvus died and corvus dies which is told in another flash so like yusuf does his whole flashback it's yeah. all like we're literally getting ready to go fight the bad guys stop yeah. the movie flashback stop Here's the movie what yusuf is about stop the movie we're going to explain all these characters that You've been wondering who they are right before we go into right. an end battle and kill some that's of them. That's the craziest part because they have a flashback that's like, okay, here's everything about Yusuf, which is fucking bananas anyways. And then Yusuf's like, that's why I have to kill this guy. And then Lita's like, no, and launches into her own flashback. <laughs> so we have a flashback right at the end of the film that is then answered by another flashback. I was just like, this is crazy. But then we had a pretty dope final battle speech thing. So, I, I mean, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, and you know what? The funny thing to me is there's, like, I get so many, like, Star Wars ties. And, again, we've talked about this before. When you do storytelling, when you do movies, like, you don't have a choice but to – there's going to be parallels between other stories sure. and other movies. Sure. But I think this one's interesting because you have – all these different aspects. So this is obviously the second film. So you're always going to think of Empire Strikes Back, and so of course you think what happened in Empire Strikes Back. It's there's very much one of the biggest things of it is the family reveal, right? right. I am your like, father. I am your father. The funny thing is, is if I interpret it at the end right, and I'm 99 percent sure I did, unless you're going to drop a bomb on me we'll that see. I misunderstood it. I'll tell you. But 
at the very end, it seems like we're saying Credence is a Dumbledore. Yep. And so um, Dumbledore, that we're Jude Law's characters, um, is his brother, mm-hmm. based off of what I remember. Yes. Um, so anti-Star Wars in the sense that your father, your brother, right. one side is on the bad side, this time is on the good side. Right. Um, so you have that. Then you have the aspect of, like, I would put Grindelwald as, like, the Emperor-esque character that's trying to, kind of. you know, lure him over. And in this case, our Luke Skywalker character, which is, in this case, Credence, yeah. who's the one out there searching for his family. You think in Star Wars from the beginning, he's right. trying to figure out, Who did am you know I? my parents? Who you am know, I? All that kind of stuff. He goes with the bad guy. He goes with and, the bad guy. And I like that about that. I like how the movie ends with, like, Queenie and Credence going with the bad guy. I like that Lita died. Like, it really puts... And then Newt's like, I've chosen my side. Like, the fucking lines have been drawn. Yeah. It's time for battle, right? But the biggest problem, David, is that Star Wars was establishing its own canon at the time. Sure. Whereas this film is working with literally dozens of pages, web pages, books, addendums on canon, which essentially all of that previously established canon... Like, the timeline of Credence being a Dumbledore doesn't make any sense. Dumbledore, Albus Dumbledore, only had a brother, uh, Abenforth or Aberforth, who we saw in the Harry Potter films. He was the one hanging out in Hogsmeade and had a sister who was killed. I think – I don't remember. I'm not a gigantic Harry Potter nerd. I apologize. Um, But his sister was ultimately killed. I think it was a Grindelwald thing. Um, there was no time for, like, Dumbledore's parents to have another kid or for, for anything like that to happen. Not to mention the fact that they also mentioned that Professor McGonagall is teaching at Hogwarts uh, allegedly nine years before she was born. Like, like this, they're like, oh, Professor McGonagall. And it's like, oh, look, Professor McGonagall. She was born in, like, 38 like or 36 like, how is she teaching? There is a couple of continuity-breaking issues with this film that even though I am not a gigantic Harry Potter fan with, I've done the research on. Sure. And it's just like, maybe this will all be answered in the other three films. Yeah. That's fine. But as a standalone film, to put that shit in here is maddening. Because you have people on Reddit who are like, well, uh, you know, this person could be lying. And it's like, well, then why would you have, like, unreliable narrators like that? Well, Dumbledore could be lying, and this person could be lying. That's not how movies work. Yep. You know? So, I I don't I don't know. But that's the kind of plotting and stuff that is frustrating to me. But I'm willing to go on the journey. Like I said, I'm excited to see more of the Wizarding World. I'll, I'll be there for it. But I, but I also feel like you shouldn't. Like each movie should be able to stand on its own. Like exactly. Empire St- Strikes Back is enhanced by having a New Hope and uh, Return of the Jedi, but at the same time, like you could watch just that movie and it's an enjoyable movie. Right. So that's my biggest. Same thing part. with the MCU. Exactly, and that's my biggest struggle with this movie is I feel like we may look back on it and say, okay, it was a good piece. In the, the overall, right. but like you couldn't hop into this movie and have any idea what's going on right. in this world. And I feel like that is the biggest flaw in the sense that and what might hold it back in popularity and might have a trickle down effect to the next film is that you don't feel like 
you know necessarily everything that's going on. Like sure. you have to be in the know. You have to be a Harry Potter fan to feel like you understand what's going right. on. So, um, but we're gonna get more of these. Sure. We have you said five, right? Five, we got five that we're supposedly Beast going movies. to get. So, so. We're two of five, which is the other thing. Usually, you know, Empire is the the second of three films. It's the middle of the trilogy. Yeah. Everybody knows the middle part of a trilogy gets darker. Yeah. This is a, a quintilogy. What is that? Yeah. Five. Uh, I don't know how that works. So, but I don't know that I'm pumped for the, what's to come. But I'll be there for it. I mean, I, am, I enjoy this world. I enjoy yes um, everything about it from that standpoint. Do I care about these characters as much? I don't know that I do, but anything that's so rich in like its own history and world, just like we had with like Lord of the Rings and Star right. Wars and even right. Marvel, like I enjoy that because you feel like you've put some some equity into it. You've put some sure. dedication that's into a good way it. Of putting it. Um, and so you want to see it continue to pay off. And that's why I think movies like this are so frustrating, is that like I feel like overall the Harry Potter movies have been impeccable in the in the way that they've done things. The original series only got better. Yeah, and I and I felt like Fantastic Beasts the first one was a great start. Right. To it. Again, we have our thoughts on Eddie Redman and his character, but overall like I felt like it was a, a good new chapter sure. and new series in the thing and this one I felt like was a little bit of a step back, but I'm excited to see what they do. Um I don't know like I said, I, I'm not going to be like counting down the days or anything like that, right. but I'll be there for the next one. I'll be there for the next one, too. Like there are some things that are established at the end of this film that I'm interested to see the the um, the execution of, you know, like Dumbledore and Grindelwald are on a collision course. I'm in for that. Uh, Queenie leaving to go with Grindelwald and Jacob, like that whole thing. I'm into that. Uh, I, I'm into a lot of these. Do I care about what happens with Newton Tina? Nope. Um, but there are other smaller characters that I care about and I care about the universe. So I'll be there, but I'm the same way. I'm not as pumped as you are. Uh, so, yeah, you know, take that as you will. If you're big into Harry Potter, you, you again, you'll like this movie. Um, if you're middle of the road, you'll have it's it's a frustrating film. I think it's a very deeply, deeply flawed film that has both really good parts and really negative parts. But uh, I think that's going to do it. I think we're going to wrap it up for this episode of the Popcorn Diet. Before we end, as always, I'd like to remind everybody you can have this podcast delivered to your ears for free on your device just by hitting that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Give us a like. Share with your friends. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And go to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com for all of our latest articles, reviews, Check out our Oscar primers. We got all kinds of fun stuff going out. You can look for those episodes, read those articles, read our Oscar predictions at the website popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we're going to see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.